If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Great doubleheader tomorrow, and the props are already up at Bet Rivers. And whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, they have you covered. And great house specials and new promotions. Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance. It's a whole new game at Bet Rivers. So many tricky situations to try to handicap and figure out here in Week 18 of the National Football League. One of them, of course, would be Ravens-Bengals, and Bo Smoka covers the Ravens for PressBoxOnline.com. Is kind enough to join us here for a few minutes to talk about this game. Bo, thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It is wild how <laughs> the outcome of this game now truly doesn't really matter. I mean, and based on what the Ravens organization thought it was going to mean compared to what it now means, Bo, uh, is completely night and day. I'm sure you're going to find out a little bit more today, but just can you take us through how the organization has maybe changed their perspective on this game because they can't play for a division title anymore? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll hear from John Harbaugh later today about that. We asked him earlier this week about that. Uh, and, and knowing that this suspended game being canceled was a possibility. And at the time, he did not. He suggested that they would have the players that were available play. That's what he told us on Monday. And, uh, and he said Wednesday, you know, our goal is to go out there and win the game. But now, now that they know they cannot win the division, Yes, there's still an outside chance for them to get a home game if this coin flip idea is approved by the ownership. Um, so maybe that's the incentive to try to win the game because if they win the game and they win the coin flip and the Bengals are the, are the three seed and they're the six seed, then they could still have a home game. So maybe that's their incentive to try to play everybody and try to win the game. But I'll say this, we already know Lamar Jackson almost certainly won't play. Tyler Huntley, the number two quarterback, has been limited in practice this week with a shoulder and an elbow injury. I don't know if he'll play. And if he doesn't play, they're down to their number three quarterback, undrafted rookie Anthony Brown. Uh, and, and it would be interesting because last year when the Ravens went to Cincinnati, they were down to their number three quarterback. Josh Johnson started that game because Tyler Huntley had COVID and Lamar Jackson was hurt. And the Ravens got blown out, but that was mainly because Joe Burrow absolutely shredded the Ravens' defense. So it's going to be a very interesting day for the Ravens. Um, I'm sure they're frustrated that the division title is no longer in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but let's face it, this is a team that has looked offensively broken for about five or six weeks. So uh, they have that on them as well. And so they, you know, the Bengals have flat out played better over the past two months than the Ravens have. There's no question about that. How much heat is Roman taking, especially for what he did in the Saturday night game, abandoning the run and throwing the ball so many times when they gashed Cleveland on the ground? 
Greg Roman has been the number one target for criticism all year, basically, and frankly, all for the last three years when things have gone south on this team. Um, it's just it's just the nature of it. But I, you know, the criticism from Greg Roman or uh, toward Greg Roman seems to be weekly, whether it's they're not running the ball enough or when th- they're not passing the ball enough. More often than not, um, it, it seems it has to do with his play selection based on on, on what they're doing. But more than anything, this year it seems to me, and you can't sometimes have to read between the tea leaves a little bit, it seems John Harbaugh is more frustrated with Greg Roman this year than maybe in some other years. Even Monday, he, he, made, he made a very clear point that he was not happy with how little Gus Edwards played uh, this past Sunday. He only had two or three carries. I think he played eight or nine snaps. There have been other little comments John Harbaugh has made this year that made clear that he was not pleased with the offensive execution at all. Um, and sometimes the offensive game planning at all. Uh, but like as I said, it's not all on Greg Roman because, quite frankly, the general manager, Eric DaCosta, has given him basically no wide receivers to work with. They yes. thought they'd have some. Rashad Bateman got hurt. Devin DuVernay got hurt. Mm-hmm. And now Demarcus Robinson is their de facto number one wide receiver, and he was cut by the Raiders in, the, in, the, in September or in August. So, they they don't have any they have effectively no wide receivers and that is partially on Eric DeCosta, the general manager gambling on Bateman not supporting not filling the not drafting anyone or trading for a big time player after they traded Marquise Brown away so yes Greg Roman deserves criticism for what's happened here yes Lamar Jackson's injury has been a huge problem as well but they have no wide receivers and that is on the general manager very good breakdown. Uh, again, they're up against it, and I, I, I wouldn't play Huntley with everything you just described and outlined earlier now with this game not being made up. But you straighten me out on this if, if I get anything wrong. So what? let's say it's round three next week. Do we see Jackson? What's going on? Harbaugh won't even talk about it when he's asked about his availability for the playoffs, and he's missed 14 straight practices, and he, they expected him back Christmas Eve, did they not? When he first went down, the funny, the weirdest thing about this was the way he first went down, he went down on the final play of the first quarter against Denver, and it wasn't a case where he was writhing on the field, the trainers came out or anything. The quarter ended, and he kind of came off the field, and we noticed him walk into the medical tent. And so it didn't even look like a big injury at the time it happened. But um, at the time, it was reported one to three weeks he'd be out, and that was not Harbaugh saying that. That was other people who said uh-huh. this is a PCL sprain or whatever. So, yeah, we're looking at the math and saying Christmas Eve against Atlanta is probably when he'll be back. And then we noticed that week he wasn't practicing, so he didn't play. And then the next week he wasn't practicing, so he didn't play. And then he wasn't practicing, and he's not going to play. So, and yes, we asked John Hart about it every time, and he always is vague and says, uh, we're just not going to talk about that or whatever he says. <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll see him in the playoffs, quite honestly. I mean, around here, the vibe is that there's, there's increasing skepticism whether we will see him at all. And look, quite frankly, even if we do see him, what version of him are we going to get? This is a guy who's been out five weeks and whose game is totally defined by his legs. Right. And he's coming off a bad sprained knee. So I don't know. As, as someone on our local radio said, this is not a case of Drew Bledsoe where you're just going to come out with a knee brace, sit in the pocket, and chuck the ball around. That's not what Lamar Jackson wants to do. So I don't know what version of him we would get anyway. But there's increasing skepticism around here that we're not going to see him at all. Wow. Okay, well then how about a couple of other players? Marcus Peters returned to practice yesterday, but he did miss the previous two games. Calais Campbell status as well. Are both guys going to play this weekend, you think? I think probably, and again, I don't know if it gets tweaked now with the playoff situation being what it is. I will say I thought Calais Campbell might play last week because we saw him before the game go through a full warm-up. He was looking good on the field, um, and then he was a game-day scratch. And we, I talked to Clay Campbell on Wednesday this week, and he said he was really, really close last week. He's feeling increasingly better. He was on the field yesterday. He was a full practice participant yesterday. So I think we'll see him. And I also prob- I think we'll see Marcus Peters. Um, hmm. He's practiced to a limited extent this week. He's looked okay. So I expect, again, unless they tweak the starter idea this week now, I expect those both those guys will be back. And obviously, against Joe Burrow and that offense, Peters is a really important part. Yeah, no question. You can follow Bo on Twitter. He is at BSmolka, S-M-O-L-K-A, and you can read him at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo, thanks so much for the time today. We really uh, appreciate that. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah, be good. Enjoy the game. And by the way, as we were talking about this game, the screen is lighting up like July 4th. Uh, the Bengals moved to 7.5 here at Circa. They just moved to 7.5 at at least two other books. That was within the last two minutes. BetMGM now has uh, 7.5. Uh, Westgate has 7.5. The Mirage has seven and a half, and a lot of other books have moved to minus seven, minus one twenty on this game. Why would you play Huntley? You you beat up anyways, and now you can't win the division, and with this coin toss business, uh, come on, right? Just you play him next week, and it's the winner go home situation. Doesn't sound good for Lamar Jackson's uh, no. future here. No, is he is he the quarterback next year? Are they going to get this deal done? Well, it did not. It did not go. This went the exact opposite way contract years typically go. Yeah. So. Uh, we're getting this, by the way, from Chris. This show, we are on in uh, Mass, and good morning in that area. Chris says, uh, locally, we're, we're getting very frustrated here with Lamar. The lack of transparency regarding the injury. And he points out, I'm just going to say this on the air. It's his email. If it ever comes out that he isn't rushing back because of his contract situation, the fan base will run him out of town. There's no doubt that would happen. I, 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 but, could, see, I could see that angle, right? I'm worried about the future. I don't want to risk anything. Sure. It's a lot of money. Doesn't have an agent. The whole thing doesn't have an agent. All right. That's this is right. A, this is, you know, and then it's, I want the Watson contract. And that's, well, the Watson contract was an outlier. The Browns screwed that up. So I can't give you that kind no, of guaranteed money. I, yeah, it's yeah. eight and a half now. Hello. It, no, is that? Yeah. It's eight and a half here and it's eight and a half at draft. Is that right? There you go. Wow. On the move like crazy. Okay. Yep. It's just, it's moving. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing eight and a halves now everywhere. Eight, eight and a halves everywhere. Well, that didn't take Mark, long. Markets ahead of the uh, insiders. Yep, there you go. I mean, when Adam came, Adam Chernoff came on 40 minutes ago, he said, pay attention to this later on today. And, uh, well... <laughs> you were going to talk about this. Well, we, we're going to have... We could have Strevler, Anthony Brown, Peterman. Oh, Look yeah. Some of the quarterbacks were trotting out. To make the list of eight Week 18 quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it's always, like, weird in Week 18. But this year takes the cake. In fact, we're going to see, I think we're going to set a record potentially here for the most quarterbacks ever to start a yeah, game right, right. in the NFL in one season. Oh, boy. Anthony Brown in the jungle. I will say Anthony no Brown, again, he did look good in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, that's different than what he looked like when he came in uh, in the regular season, though. I mean, it was a disaster when he played earlier this year. How many other games are going to move well, like you can, that? Well, you can't play Huntley if he's compromised at all. You got the playoffs next week, and you don't have Lamar. Well, Lamar's just going to, that's the other thing. After missing practice 14 days in a row, Lamar's just going, all right, here I am, guys. Yeah. I'm going to go play in the playoffs. And he's been out that long? That's not going to fly. No, it's not going to. Boy, that's nuts. Yeah. From, from 7, minus 110, all the way to minus 120, 7.5, 8.5, within one segment here. Where does this go? So the market definitely knows something on this. Oh, Does it go to 10? It goes, goes through 10. Get your Brown. teasers in right now, folks. Yeah, it goes through 10, I think. We have uh, props, props, and more props for Week 18 coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. 
And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Time for the picks. Let's go to Santa Anita. Express bet handicapper Jeff Siegel in race four. He likes the six, Yo Time, at three to one. And in race eight, he likes the two, Motorcade, at six to one. Bet these races and more at first bet. Get a $10 free bet when you sign up for the first bet app. Use the code, use the code HORSE200 for the $10. Plus, get a 100% match on the first deposit up to $200. Go to vcin.com slash horses for details on this offer for vcin fans. vcin.com slash horses. Let's go. For some people, prop bets are a hobby. For others, it's a way of life. So I'm going to propose you a proposition. Mitch Moss and Polly Howard live this life every single day. I would not bet on that. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to win a buttload of money. This is prop culture. Pay that man his money. Unfollow the money. Money. Let's go to DraftKings, high-low, games, and teams. I think there's going to be a big ticket that cashes this week. And this just became more interesting that we could, again, have more third- and fourth-string quarterbacks. Uh, We could expect uh, some news to come down in the next couple hours. Highest-scoring game, no surprise, Green Bay-Detroit, your favorite. And that's 4-1. to Philly Giants. Minnesota-Chicago, your second choice. Minnesota-Chicago? Yes. I don't know about I, that. I know, I know. It's Peterman. I know. Uh, no, you're you're going to get something funny, that funky that happens. I, I, that should not be the second game on the board, I don't right? think. What's the total in that game? It's 42 and a half? 43? Yeah. That's tied for the second lowest odds to... You got to, it. High, okay. All you right. got it. Patriots-Bills, 10 to 1. Ravens-Bengals, 10 to 1. Highest scoring game. Again, how much how much help am I going to get out of the visitors in those games? You're right. What are the Bears going to do? But what what are the Patriots going to do offensively? And what if it's Anthony Brown? Oh man, I mean, Ooh. Week 18 gets so funky. Yeah, I would look at honestly. Um, first could, of all, could Texans Colts be nuts? Twenty to one? No, boy, no. Chance. Please tell me no. I have the under in that game. <laughs> I want to cross a bunch of games off first and foremost. Right. Yeah. I want to cross. Well, I, I will cross off Vikings Bears. It to me. Uh, I'll cross off Rams, Seahawks, mm, Buccaneers, Falcons, Browns, Steelers, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Dolphins, Texans, Colts. So I've whittled it down now to like five games. Why? Do, how about one of these games that just gets completely out of control with like a 14-point spread? Yeah, San Francisco could have a 50-burger. Yes, they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, Turnovers, they, they might have yeah. 35 at halftime. That could be. Who knows? They, it goes completely off the rails sometimes with uh, Week 18. Yep. Panthers Saints might be a little wonky too. I could see that. Right? Jets Dolphins, 18 to 1. I mean, it could be Strevler against Skylar Thompson. Uh, if the Dolphins can't beat the Jets at home 
with Chris Strebler. That's it. I'm shutting it down. Yeah. I mean, come on. If I, they can't win that game. I, I tailed Adam on that yesterday. I, I bet Dolphins money line minus 120. I had to do it. Thinking that something crazy is going to happen here with the Jets quarterback situation. We're yep. also getting feedback on Twitter. Why can't the Jets go to Joe Flacco? Oh, he was awful when they threw him in there against the Bills. Terrible. I think he was, wasn't prepared, and it was so bad they said, that's it, you're up. Well, I mean, how many guys are you going to make an act of, though, too? I mean, you got Wilson reading a book. God, <laughs> no, that's true. You got, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I would I, also I don't look. Think, I think they'll they'll play Strevler and just run the Mickey Mouse stuff. The other game, too, would be Cowboys Commanders. And I'll go back to what I said. I mean, it depends that on how. Be, yeah. You know, um, this note on Cowboys games that we have up at vcin.com under Steve Mackinan's Week 18 Angles. Dallas has gone over the total in eight straight same-season rematch games against Washington, scoring 36 points per game. Again, that, that game could just be... And the defense, by the way, hasn't been great lately. Yep. And Howell can run. He's yeah, mobile. I could see that. You can sell me on that one. I like that. Cowboys commanders. Now, how about team? There's some really big prices here. Team to score the most points Sunday. Philly's 5-1. to one. San Francisco's 6. Green Bay plus 750. I, I, I think the Packers will win, but I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't, I don't see that. Mm. I think if Green Bay wins, we're talking 27 17. Okay, like so that. then uh, yeah. somebody's going to be in the 30s to get them then. Yeah, Bills 11 to 1. And uh, then you have Seattle, Minnesota, Cincinnati. And it could be the Bengals uh, 12 to 1, even though, again, Baltimore's defense has been great since they acquired Smith. But they Harbaugh might come out and sit everybody in light of the news last night that now they can't win the division. Right. Is there any value on the, the lower teams here? I could a, see. I would take. Yeah, Denver. They scored. They scored against Kansas City both games. Okay, twenty-five to one. If if Chargers sit everybody, I could see that. Can you see anybody on the right column here? Dolphins, Pats, Buccaneers, Browns, Panthers, Colts. I I I mean I know that's people are going to look at the value, but I, I I would only look at the left side of the board here. What's wrong with the Bills at eleven to one? No, nothing. Right. That caught my eye. Are these the biggest prices we've seen all year? I think Giants, so. Giants, Cardinals, 150 to 1. Oh, they have to be, yeah. Most points and be a, a dog this big. First of all, let me ask you this. Does, I know it's not on the board, but does any game have more points than Chiefs Raiders tomorrow? I mean, that game could yeah, be 38 35. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. All right. How about the low? Lowest scoring game? Jets, Dolphins, plus 750. Texans Colts plus seven fifty. I mean, that's a really good candidate. Yeah, both of them. Chargers Broncos plus eight fifty. Hmm. You know what? And I bet the under again thirty eight and a half. Texans Colts. Sometimes when a game just screams like nothing's going to happen, it does go the other way. Funny things happen when bad teams play. Though, yeah, too. that's true. We've seen that. Like what has to happen for the Colts Texans to be thirty four thirty one? Special teams turnovers. Oh yeah. The defenses don't care. Big, yeah. Two-hand touch. They're yeah. not focused. They don't want to... The Hamlin stuff scared people away. It's seven-man football out there. To me, it's a, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, I would go Brown-Steelers. Lowest-scoring game. I mean, that... We, we just... Cleveland's played six straight unders. We just showed all the scores with, with Pittsburgh. Cleveland played that 13-3 to against Baltimore, whatever it was, 12-3. to they had the 13 to 10 win and then the 16 to 13. I mean, th- this has got 16 13 written all over yeah. it. I'll give you two other candidates, though. Uh, I-, I could see nothing happening in the Buccaneers Falcons game. I mean, that's going to quickly turn into Gabbert and maybe Trask against yeah. Ritter. Okay. Uh, and Ritter's I- yet to throw a touchdown pass, I believe. And again, to go back okay. on my thoughts on Vikings Bears, what Bears might get shut out. That could be a two and a half hour game. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> get just yeah. get out of here. Okay. Uh, other candidates, Rams, Seahawks, 11-1. to 1. Dallas, Washington uh, on the list. That's 11-1. to 1. Patriots, Bills, 13. Giants, Philly. And uh, all the way, the, the longest shot on the board is Detroit, Green Bay, 35-1. Mm-hmm. Lowest scoring game. Now, team, good luck. Arizona's your favorite. Lowest scoring team Sunday, 5-1. to 1. Giants, 7-1. to 1. Again, you figure to play nobody. Then you get some. Then we get into the big prices. Washington's twelve, Houston's thirteen, 
Patriots are 13, and then the Rams, Bears, and Ravens are in the four. The, the Ravens were 14 to one, and this is before the Huntley news. That might be a good candidate. Yeah. I mean, it can't score anyways. And now it might be Anthony Brown? Oh. So this was, yeah, last check, it was 14 to one at DraftKings. Ravens, again, lowest again, scoring team. What am I missing with the Bears? How are they not closer to the Cardinals and Giants? Well, Minnesota. It's, it's a enough. Minnesota defense. Yes. It's atrocious. But I, I it's Peterman. It's might be the Peterman. worst quarterback in NFL history. Right. And again, there's a chance that they could get the first overall pick in the draft. Yep. But I think that kind of uh, balances out the Vikings' poor defense. But the Ravens would would really be the one that pops right now. That number can only move, right? If mm. we find out that Brown's going to be the starting quarterback. Chargers, you want to get nuts? Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. They sit everybody. They're locked into the five seed. Denver has a nasty defense to I begin see with. That. Chargers 17 to 1, so are the Brownies. Carolina 20, Colts 22. Jets were 25. Strevler? Well, can't throw the ball? And I'll go back to the game that you love under, Brown Steelers. Browns can absolutely win that game. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Browns are 17, Steelers are 30. Yeah. How? Yeah, okay. That, that, that game can't be 13 10. Of course it can be. Lions 40 to 1. Goff in the elements. No. No? No chance. No? No. Okay. I can't get there. Falcons 40, Dallas 60, and then you get in the big boys. Seattle 70, Minnesota 75, Cincinnati 80, Bills 90. Seattle's uh, a little intriguing at 70. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Just because of the number. All right. And then, again, DraftKings has the props up. Will Mahomes break Manning's record for passing yards? Yes is plus 650. He needs 429, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Jefferson, he's 194 yards against the Bears. He has plus 650 as well. Good job pointing that up. They also have this up, margin of victory. Will anyone win by 26 points or more? That's available at DraftKings. It's minus 110? I think so. $1. twenty. whatever. Uh, one of those, I think. All right, up next, Alan Saunders will join the program. Pittsburgh Steelers now. One of their star players has mispracticed the previous two days. Will he be able to play on Sunday? We'll ask him that coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Winter sports in full swing. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, your home, all the latest lines, odds, and boost. Join them every week for great house specials and promotions. Props are up for tomorrow's games. Sunday football, parlay, insurance, and more at Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. More of the Week 18 slate here. We'll get into Steelers Browns. Alan Saunders joins the program now. He covers the Steelers for SteelersNow.com. Alan, thanks for the time today. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about some of the recent comments that came out uh, regarding Kenny Pickett. Sean Payton, this week, former Saints coach, said he he certainly has it. Uh, ben Roethlisberger said that uh, he made a mistake by severely underestimating Pickett. The turnaround here has been nuts. Three straight wins, five out of the last six, but every game has been like the same. 13-10, 24-16. Not a lot of you know points being scored offensively. But is this already his locker room? And uh, what's the respect level from his teammates already towards this rookie quarterback? I do think it's his locker room. I think there's a ton of respect uh, from his teammates towards Kenny Pickett. I think there was even before he became the starting quarterback. I think people realized right away that he's a pretty special guy in terms of just the way he carries himself off the field, the way he goes about his work day. He doesn't seem like a rookie. And he is an older rookie, obviously, uh, was a four-year starter at Pitt. Um, and I, I kind of wrote today, actually, that I think, you know, if you're surprised by Kenny Pickett coming in and and being this tough leader, um, you know, gritty performances, clutch wins at the end of the game, I, I think you weren't really paying attention. But he hasn't been what we'd call good either. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at most of his passing stats, they're down in the low 20s, right? So, I mean, I, I think that that part of it didn't surprise me. I thought the intangibles were always off the charts for Kenny Pickett. The question will be, can he become the kind of elite passer that he'll need to be to both live up to his draft stock and lead the Steelers to something better than 8-8 eight and eight with one game to play sometime in the future? I'm sure Canada has uh, taken plenty of abuse there. Uh, we know what the players said earlier in the season. Has, has Pickett been held back by Canada's offense? 
I think so. I, I, it's not an offense that's just designed to be this like quarterback friendly, you know, get the most out of the, the passer kind of scheme. You know, it's kind of an offense that's sort of designed to work in spite of the quarterback. And, and it's just not, I think, a scheme that is ever going to get the most out of the guy that's back there. I think it was the idea was that you were going to try to pair Canada's scheme with a guy like Mitchell Trubisky and just try to win with some running game and some defense. And when they made the decision to go to Kenny Pickett, I think that really kind of for me anyway, signaled that this is going to have to be a different offensive scheme in the future if they really want to maximize that what they put into Kenny with that first-round pick and try to get the most out of him. How are they doing this then? I mean, is it just is it as simple as saying Mike Tomlin doesn't suffer losing seasons and the defense is always there for this uh, organization? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good, a really a big part of it is Mike Tomlin and the way he goes about his business. I also think their schedule just significantly lightened in the second half of the season. I mean, I think it was pretty clear from the beginning that this was kind of going to be the most likely trajectory for this team where, you know, they had that stretch in the early season where they played, you know, the Eagles and the Bills and the Dolphins. And and now they, you know, they've won these games at the end of the season, but they played Baltimore's backup quarterback twice and most of the NFC South, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's, it, there's, there's some fool's gold in it, I think a little bit, but I think you can also look at the individual performances, the way the young guys have played better. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, um, you know, the, the Najee Harris looks the best we've seen him look to this point. Um, and then they got TJ Watt back. I mean, that's probably the best defensive player in the league. They played seven and a half games without him. He obviously makes a big difference on that side of the ball. Yep. Okay. So what do you expect to happen against the Browns coming up? The point spread here in Vegas and beyond, it was three. Now it's two and a half. Steelers don't blow anybody out. And Stefanski, I think on the flip side here for Cleveland, I mean, he wants to, Based on what I've been reading this week with Watson now like you struggling a lot but getting a little bit better every single week, uh, I think the, the Browns would like to play spoiler here. No, it's a big rivalry, and the Steelers can still somehow squeak into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns organizationally would love to knock the, the Steelers out. You know, this is a, this is a rivalry where the, the cities don't like each other, let alone the teams and the players. And, uh, you know, so they'd absolutely love that. But I think more than anything, they've – They've got to get Deshaun Watson right, and, yep, and they want yep. to have some good feelings going into 2023, right? They don't want to go in to this offseason with everyone thinking like, man, do they really screw this up this bad where they spent all this money on this guy and he doesn't look like he's the answer? So I think there's a lot of pressure on Cleveland, interestingly enough, in a game that doesn't really mean anything for their their standing um, just to, to show up and look like they belong on the field with the Steelers after kind of uh, messing up so much of this season. And, you know, obviously the Steelers, they want to win this game and, and put themselves into position. I'm not sure how likely their their playoff chances are. I don't really like the Jets very much against the Dolphins. But I think, you know, we've seen this before with Mike Tomlin teams that they're able to kind of avoid that outside noise and focus on the task at hand. And I think the Steelers are just a better team right now. Mm. So, uh, I mean, I think. Like you said, though, they don't blow anyone out. I'd expect another close one. Yeah, close, probably low-scoring game, and you think the Steelers come out on top. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, another great defensive player here for this team. He missed practice the last couple of days. I know we'll probably find out more today, but as of right now, do you think he plays? As of right now, I would say I'd lean yes, but if he doesn't practice on t today, then maybe not. I don't know. Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday that, it was probably going to be a process for him where he was probably going to miss most of the week of practice, but he thought he would be able to play again. He got injured in the third quarter and was able to finish the game. So I think he will probably play, but uh, we'll learn a lot on, on Friday. And also the Steelers have been um, very willing to wait until Saturday to make a lot of those decisions this year, more mm -hmm. so than even in the past, where we've gotten a lot of Saturday after their walkthrough updates to player statuses, uh, more than we have in the past. So this may be something where if you're thinking about this game and you're thinking about specifically about the Steelers' defense, maybe wait until Saturday and see what we hear about Minka Fitzpatrick. Fair enough. Alan Saunders covers Pittsburgh for SteelersNow.com, and you can follow him on Twitter. He is at a Saunders underscore PGH. Uh, thanks so much for the time today. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Thank you, sir. Be good. What a 24 hours it's been and going to be, continue to be. But the the uh, news last night... We have the vote today, yep, and then uh, the injury reports and who's going to be in and out. That that's going to be crazy the next couple hours. Well, today is 
massively important. And these point spreads are far from done with the movement, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of movement, and that's the case every year for Week 18. But compared to some of the look-aheads from last week to where they are now compared to where they were on the opener on Sunday, and it's not done yet. I mean, again, the Bengals game has moved. It's now nine here at Circa. It was seven minus 110 everywhere 35 minutes ago. Right. And does, do they treat it like a preseason game, Baltimore? As, as everyone's sitting. Sure. For the most part. And get ready for the uh, likely rematch next week. The other thing is Pittsburgh got some bad news here. Could get bad news. That it could be no Mike White for the Jets. Yep. And then now Buffalo ready to go. And uh, they get a top two seed if they can beat the Patriots. Right. Or you still get the one if Kansas City blows it tomorrow too. So... That, that, that would actually help their chances. Excuse me. They need a uh, New England loss. So they have to, uh, yeah. that could help them. But I st- I'm still fascinated by the uh, Tennessee angle that Jacksonville can lose and somehow still get in after all this chaos and madness. <laughs> Isn't that something? That, that's still avail- uh, could, could happen? And then try guessing who Jacksonville would play as the seventh seed at this point. I mean, how this is going to shake out. No idea. With the two? Yeah. Who loses out of those big three? Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. More likely this week? Uh-huh. Uh, well. Don't say it based on the ticket that you have. No, no I, think, I, I, I took the 10. I think the Raiders can be, be... I mean, if he can look like that against the 49ers, yeah. Kansas City can't stop anybody. Yep. Uh, They're a different defense on the road, too, without yeah, with, that home crowd. Without even looking at point spreads or money line numbers right now, I would say the team that has... If I had to pick one, I would say the Chiefs lose. I don't think they're going to... But I don't think the Bills lose, and I don't think the Bengals lose. Both those teams will win this weekend. Yeah. I mean, again, if it's, it doesn't matter. Huntley, or if it goes to Anthony Brown, that's going to be rough for the Ravens. There were several people reporting that, hey, this, this 18 thing could happen, which would have been nuts. And then everyone getting excited in Pittsburgh and other markets, too, well, for what that could mean. But then you're you thinking, know, my God, how do you think Vrabel feels in the Titans? When they said right. everybody the previous week, yeah. can this be? This can't be. I wanted to yeah. ask Ellen that question too until Schefter came out with the news late late last night yeah, and said specifically the league never once considered going to eight teams. So I don't know how and where that started because that would have been that would have been pretty ridiculous. I mean, if you think about it, hey, we're going to go to an eight team playoff. Now that they could not consider that. I thought it was ridiculous to just move everything back a week based on one game. Well, because the, the league said, but both teams are still in the playoffs. We, I know the seeding thing, but Buffalo and Cincinnati are in the playoffs. So yeah. to move everything back a week and soon then with the whole the, the Can one you imagine seed if that would have happened? And oh, that would have been God. the lone game in the AFC. But that would, yeah. we, Ira Kaufman came on an hour ago and he said he wanted it to happen. The ratings for that game and how big it would have meant for home field. Oh, come on. It would have been an all-time regular season game. Perhaps. All right. We'll put a bow on uh, the week with our in-pocket plays. We'll recap the bets from last night and tell you how we're approaching week 18 at this point. Coming up here on Follow the Money, it's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone, 
The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Was on coke if his girlfriend was not coke. These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's, unborn children's children on these games. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. All right, here we go. In pocket plays. I had a loser last night. Ohio State minus 125 on the money line. Three point lead. How often does this happen? A three-point lead in college basketball, 40 seconds. Not only do I lose, my team never scored again, and they had the basketball with the lead. I'm never on the other side of that game. Yeah. I never have Purdue in a, in a game yeah. like that. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, the lead, one-point lead with the ball, turnover, Purdue hits a three, bam, right in my eyeballs. Game's over, I lose. That stunk. Uh, games that I'm adding for this week. Okay, here we go. I'm doing two teasers. Browns are on both. Browns plus eight and a half. Vikings minus one and a half. I just, again, the Bears playing for the number one overall pick. And uh, Bengals minus two and a half. Browns plus eight and a half. Got on the Bengals here. Numbers now up to nine uh, at some spots. If that's Anthony Brown today, how do you not love the Bengals on a teaser leg right now when you can get it below three? And I'm going to go with a player prop tomorrow that's available right now it's plus money Okonkwo the uh, tight end for the Titans it's over two and a half plus money uh, he has been heavily targeted and catching balls here down the stretch for the Titans I think over two and a half at plus money it's a good okay. bet I'll take my chances with him someone's gonna go off one of them like a uh, maybe a Ritter or some one of these quarterbacks is gonna have a big game and maybe even it's Trask who gets in there for, and plays three quarters? I don't know, but some of the like. Yeah. So you're talking about like most passing yards? No, no, just have not. But I don't know, like two eighty and three scores or something. Okay. One of them, one of these guys, unlikely. Out of all these guys and this motley crew that'll be out there Sunday, someone will, someone will well, put up a big number. I think if you throw out like twenty players that the general public couldn't pick out of a lineup, their starting quarterback, yeah. one, one has to do something. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if they're all stink. <laughs> I got oh, man. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raiders plus 10. So what a way to start the day tomorrow. And big for the one seed. Henry over 91 and a half rushing yards at Bet Rivers tomorrow. I like that game over, too. 40? The last game was a yeah. shootout. Yeah, I, I, And the I, way I can, Jacksonville and Lawrence are playing on offense, and I, I was okay with Dobbs in the Thursday night game. Packers lane four Sunday night. Uh, I think the total's too high in that game. The other thing, um, prime time unders. Last four weeks, 12 and 1. 12 and 1 underrun prime time games. Wow. I'm stuck with this. It was correlated. Again, I bet the Bengals. And I thought that since uh, Buffalo wouldn't play people in this game, but I know everything has changed. It's been a wild week. New England money line plus 280. 
Stuck with that ticket. Uh, Broncos lane two and a half. Never lost 13 games in a season. I think they'll uh, win and cover against the Chargers, who will sit everybody. Because they'll be locked into the five. Ravens will lose early to the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm stuck with this. It appears now. I mean, this has moved against me. Looks like no Mike White for the Jets. And now Miami laying two. Well, I don't care if it's Flacco or Strebler. If you, I don't care who you're playing. If you can't win this game at home with the chance to get in the playoffs, shame on you, Miami. Come on. Brown Steelers under 40. Patriots under eight and a half wins. Big weekend for me. Patriots to make the playoffs, no minus 170. Dolphins to make the playoffs, plus 130. Added minus 140. I have the Dolphins over eight and a half wins. Come on. Big week. Can't yeah, I can't go 0 and 4 here. Paul, that's why I can't go 0 and 4. You have incredible sweats. Yeah. In, isn't that why we what we live for here? In pocket presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at betrivers.com. Let's kick this around. Let's have some fun with this as well. So if they when if the vote passes with this neutral site, you know, I maybe shame on me because I was thinking indoor. You went outdoor. Oh, it has to be outdoor. Sure, well, yeah, well, because Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City all play outside. Uh, but what would the neutral site be if the AFC title game comes down to the chalk and it's neutral site? Detroit is not available. Ford Field's not available. They're re- redoing the turf. So some people threw out Indy. You said Lambeau, which I like. I said Las Vegas. Give us some, where would you like to see the AFC championship game be played. Give us some some uh, some options here about where they could play this. How about get creative? How about a college stadium? Could they play in Columbus at the Shoe? Doesn't it hold 95,000 people? Could they play in Ann Arbor outside where the Wolverines play, get 100,000 people in there? Why not? Are those stadiums able to host like a, 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 go Lambo, a title man. game? Go Lambo. That, that, that. That'll get 80,000 in there, uh, I think. Play it out here. Oh, that'd be great. Don't you, But don't you want to see potential bad weather don't you want to see them play in 19 degrees rather i, I, I don't, don't want to see yeah, indy. indy is the lazy by default we're going to go to indy indy gets everything it's a well, great city for a big event it's me. also isn't it both i think it works out that's both both cities are like 450 miles away is that to indy or is that to detroit is that to indy yeah yeah that's and that's probably why they're, what they're going to settle on that's yeah. the thing are they going to really consider las vegas but that's a long flight for buffalo like they care <laughs> they're animals They'll go wherever, and then plus... Yeah, I understand that, but that's, that's a big ask, though. And then to come back out to, to Arizona for the Super Bowl, potentially, eh, that's when you, when you could have had home field. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, all right. Where else? What are we missing? Don't, do not do it like in New York, where the, where the Giants and the Jets play. Rule that. If you're going to play it outside, put it somewhere else. Yeah. You could build some big mystique around this, by the way, and make it such a cool event. That's, I, it's, I, know, I know what I'm saying is just going to work out that way. It's going to be somewhere like Indianapolis, and it's going to be boring, and it's going to be indoors. New Orleans might be an option. I could see that. Uh-huh. Both of them go down south a little bit. Uh, what about some, a warm weather spot like Miami if it's played? They, they, that's the thing. Again, they all, all three of these teams play outdoors. You have to have it. That's, I'm big into that. How about this uh, sure, tweet sure. that we got yeah. from... From Joe, we were talking about Micah Fitzpatrick and if he's going to play or not. He says that uh, Joe on Twitter says he needs Minka out there. He has him 40-1 to to lead the league in INTs. He's tied with six. Come on. Justin Simmons, Minka, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Tariq Woolen tied for six. Tied with six, actually. That's great. Who's going to lead the league in interceptions? Phenomenal question. Carr, Cousins, and Dak all have 14. Detective Mills has 13. So does Josh Allen. What a race this is. Well, okay. so I, Dak's got to throw one Sunday, huh? What's that prop? Come on. Car's not playing. Right. Does Cousins th- uh, throw one outside against the Bears? I don't think Mills is going to throw two in the game. He's actually been pretty decent lately at avoiding the INT, which hurts our feelings. Well, Allen could throw two. My God, you never know. Hail Mary situation. He could throw everything. two. That, yeah. that might happen. Yeah, yeah. Patriots ball hawking. What, seven team. defensive touchdowns? That's good. Mahomes yep. going for the record. Jefferson going for the record. Uh, this is great. Will, can Williams cash the ticket 300-1 for most rushing touchdowns? He's up two on Henry and two on Hurts and Eckler. 
all, all the incentives that we ran down yesterday, too. That's great. Boy, the Zay Jones really moved. Well, some of these, I yeah. mean, based on, I think, did you see say that Zay is up to 55 and a half? Yeah, you said he was 49. I saw 49 and a half yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, all, all of those other props based on the incentives are going to move as well. I'm not saying that uh, it's the right way to bet it by default. Again, I would not be betting the Justin Jefferson 194 yards. I just don't see a scenario where they're going to keep him out there long enough to get. That would be really insulting if they're up big against the Bears and they keep him out there to set the record. Uh, that's something the Bears would not forget anytime soon. I don't know if you can do yeah. that if you're the Vikings. And you don't want to. The playoffs are more important at this point. Again, if he was within like 115 yards, fine. You could do that. 194 it's a big ask. Yep. And now, you know, we knew this again. The market's ahead of the insiders because the Eagles were such a big favorite all week. Now it's the guys who cover the team are now saying, yes, the Giants are sitting everybody. Bam. That's now coming out. Uh, Boy, do 20, I hate myself. Ten minutes ago. And we discussed it on this show ten days ago. The look-ahead number was Philly one and a half. And we said, you know, there's a scenario, even if they beat the Saints, where they're not going to want to sit all their starters for three weeks. One and a half seemed ridiculous. You got to get Hurts in there. Yeah, well, you have to. Yeah, I cannot wait to see the openers for the playoffs on Sunday night. Yeah, can't wait. Who's going to be the Monday night game? Ooh, good question. Jacksonville Chargers. Dallas Tampa will be your Saturday night. You think so? Yeah. Where do they put if we get Packers Niners? Where does that game go? Mm. Sunday afternoon. Sunday. Yep. And the Bills will play Sunday night. I think. If it works, if it lands that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. or do we start the day with uh, Jacksonville? Chargers? May I could see that. That could be the that's Saturday the starter. That's the yep. That's eh, the, the Monday yep. night last year was uh, at uh, Arizona Rams. So, yeah. and if the game mm-hmm. opens Cowboys three at Tampa, if that's the matchup, you're going to fire on Dallas. I'll take Dallas. Yeah. How about Leftwich? I was right. Leftwich with another another bizarre press conference again. I know. Oh, you guys are all concerned about his points. So you, <laughs> yeah. He brings out yards per game. It's kind of a big like deal. He's, like he's 1982. Right. He brings out yards per game. Well, we've had red zone issues, and you guys are just so caught up in points. Yeah. Oh, That's God. it for us this week. If you miss any of the show, you can search Follow oh, the Money. Is. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, best of luck. Cash all those tickets out there. We'll see you Monday. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.